Stem cell science is changing medicine and our understanding of human development. Learn more with the Stem Cell Channel. Visit uctv.tv slash stem cell. So I'm really happy uh, to be here today and provide you with an update on our uh, spinal cord uh, injury therapy with OPC1. My name is Francois Binet. I'm the Senior Vice President for Product Development for Lineage Cell Therapeutics. Um, let me get this out of the way quickly. Um, you know, we're a publicly traded company, so I'll be making a forward-looking statement. I'm sure you've seen this in other presentations as well. So I direct you to our uh, website and our 10K filing if you want to learn more about this exciting area. Um, so what is Lineage? Uh, we're a regenerative medicine company, obviously. We're manufacturing off-the-shelf cell therapy from our platform of pluripotent stem cell to address severe disease and injury. So those diseases that do not have approved therapies or therapeutic solution right now. So what we're doing is relatively simple. You know, we're taking pluripotent stem cells and we deriving from these pluripotent stem cell various lineages of various specialized cells. And what we're putting in people to treat their disease or injuries is that we're not actually injecting people with stem cells. We're really trying to replace uh, disease or dead tissue with specialized cells, a cell that have been damaged, and hopefully provide a, a long-term benefit. So this is really a little bit different than treating symptoms. And this is really what attracted me to this area of regenerative medicine is the potentially the promise of bringing a cure to patient, at least providing a long-term benefit. But that's easier said than done, obviously. Uh, you know, to be successful with, with uh, regenerative medicine, um, it's, it's rather complex. Uh, not only do we need to understand well the biology of the stem cells, as well as the specialized cells that we are targeting, uh, we also need to um, uh, consider um, the, um, where these cells are placed in the body. That is, often requires um, specialized tools and instrumentation that do not exist prior to, uh, to uh, this therapy being delivered. So we have to work with engineers and develop creative solutions for delivering our cells because they oftentimes need to be placed in a very specific uh, anatomical compartment. Moreover, we need to have a strong partnership with a surgeon that are um, uh, enabling with their new surgical procedure to place these cells in the right anatomical location using these new, uh, these new tools and, and devices. So it's a very exciting field. Obviously, uh, you get to interact with a lot of different people with a lot of different background, but it's, it's, com it's complex. It's different, a little bit different than, uh, than traditional uh, drug or biologic development. So we have two, three ongoing programs at uh, Lineage. Uh, we have a retinal cell, uh, retinal pigment uh, epithelial cell for macular degeneration. We also have a dendritic cell program for um, uh, as cancer vaccine, which I'm not going to talk about. But I'll, today I'm going to talk about the oligodendrocyte program or the um, OPC1 program for spinal cord injury. So spinal cord injury, you know, as you know, it's a very devastating condition. Um, you know, what I want to show you on this on this slide is obviously there's a lot of statistics on that as far as cost to the patient, to the society in general and, and burden on, on the healthcare system. But what's important, I think, for you to understand is depending on where the injury is on the spine, it really affects the patient differently. That is, the, the higher, the closer the injury is to, uh, to the brain, the more severe or impactful the injury is going to be. 
So alternatively, if it's lower on the spine or closer to the thoracic spine, it's less impactful, but there are fewer nerves that are involved um, in this area of the spine. But uh, the problem is that most of the injuries because of trauma, they occur in the neck region or cervical region because that's the least protected area of the spine. So it, it, this is the area that's more mobile, obviously, as you know, and it's the least protected, um, you know, because the, the lower and, and the spine is protected by the torso and the rest of, of, of your body. Needless to say, for a patient, it's really impactful. It's devastating. Uh, oftentimes, and, and the patients are wheelchair-bound after that, paralyzed, as you know. Lots of pain, recurring pain, chronic pain, rehospitalization. Oftentimes, these patients need to have uh, breathing assist as well, shortened life expectancy. So it's, it's just dreadful for these patients. And it really became uh, very personal quickly for us at Lineage because um, although we acquired this program about uh, a year and a half ago when we merged with uh, a company called Asterius uh, Biotherapeutics that was developing this particular program, um, you know, just this year we had a, uh, a colleague of us and, and we're a small company, right? So, um, you know, colleagues for us are almost family members and, and friends. So a, 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 a colleague of us, um, one of his family member actually got a spinal cord injury, just uh, an accident and, and broke his neck. And uh, what's happening is that, uh, it, you know, we got really frustrated in some ways because although we might have had a therapy that could have benefited this uh, particular patient, um, we couldn't do anything because it happened that we uh, finished enrollment in our trial about two years ago, uh, you know, for that I'm going to talk about a little bit. And, and then we're not quite ready for the next stage trial. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about, um, you know, what we're doing in order to get ready for the next stage trial. So frustrating, obviously, for everybody. Um, uh, so it became very, as I said, personal to us as well. So what is uh, OPC-1, um, you know, our, our therapeutic candidate for spinal cord injury? So OPC-1 is, is a preparation of oligodendrocyte. Uh, these cells, uh, what they do, they're not neurons or traditional nerve cells that you know that, that are part of the brain and the peripheral nervous system. They're the cells that are wrapping the nerves and the axon of these nerves to really uh, insulate these, uh, these axons to conduct uh, the electrical current or the communication between the brain and the periphery. So not only these cells, they allow or they accelerate this electrical current to communicate between the brain and the periphery, but also responsible to maintain good health of, of the neuron and, and the brain and the periphery. So they're a very important cell to just maintain and improve the health of, of brain cells, if you will. So what we found is the cells that we can derive from pluripotent uh, stem cells that we derive into these specialized oligodendrocytes, they do what we were hoping that they would do. We have a lot of um, you know, preclinical uh, in vitro and animal studies uh, that show that these cells can indeed uh, remyelinate uh, these axons, that is, they can recoat these, uh, these axon and the neuron and insulate them, but also involved in general health. They help in tissue remodeling, that is the help healing of this condition when you have an injury to the spine. Uh, they help bring new vasculature to the, to, to the injury site and they prevent scar formation. They also help neurons communicate between one another by, by uh, enhancing these neurite and these, these fibril that communicate between the neurons. And more importantly, they improve uh, motor function. So this is what we're trying to do from a clinical perspective is improve uh, patients' uh, motor function. 
On this slide, what I want to show you is on, on this table you see on the left is, is a few um, function or uh, daily activities that people go through for in general life, right? And you have a, a series of these daily activities. And what's important to see here is that if you have an injury to, say, uh, the cervical level 4, C4, you can see in red here that, you know, if you're impacted at that level, you in red meaning that you need total assist to execute all of these your normal daily activities, whether it's eating, you know, combing your hair, moving about, um, you know, in a wheelchair or whatnot, you need total assist for doing that. But if you can heal or improve the motor function by just two levels in the neck, remember the, in one of the first slides I told you that the higher, the, the more impactful it is. So if you can move this healing down to just a little bit in the neck, you can greatly improve uh, functional recovery in these patients. And now instead of, instead of uh, requiring total assist, they can actually uh, uh, be completely independent and, and many of these functions require partial assist. So just two motor level improvement is really impactful for these patients and, and, and their quality of life. And that's what we're, we're trying to attend with our uh, therapy. So we presented the data on our phase one, two trial before it's been made public. Uh, this is the data at one year. Um, you know, this was the first time that this product was tested in the cervical spine. And um, we tested two things. Uh, we tested three different doses because we didn't know which dose was going to be optimal for our treatment. So we tested two 10 and 20 million injection. And we treated also, we tested two different of, of uh, injury severity, right? what's called Asia A and Asia B. And that's not really critical for now, but I'll, what I'll tell you is that um, after one year, um, you know, this was a trial mostly geared to uh, assess the safety of the therapy and gain some at least preliminary insight whether the product had activity. So we're really happy that after one year, we got successful engraftment. That is, the cells were able to uh, stay in the spine and do what they were supposed to do. And we had no adverse event that was created or originated from the product itself. But more importantly, we saw that all of these patients had at least one level of functional recovery and about a third of the patient had two or more functional recovery. So it seemed to be, you know, uh, giving signs of activity that were really promising to us. And quickly after two years, we provided that, that uh, update last year. Uh, you know, continue very good safety profile and all of the patients that received the product, good engraftment as well, sustained. We can see the cell remain on site for a long term, which is what we want to see. Uh, but more importantly, uh, in one of the cohort of the patients, so one subgroup of the patient, the group that's mostly similar to what we want to structure the, the next trial to be, we saw that five out of six patients actually had two levels of, of functional improvement, and one of them had three levels of functional recovery. So really promising. You know, it's not power to demonstrate uh, efficacy, but, you know, really exciting uh, signs of activity for the product and, again, maintain safety. So what do we do moving forward? So when we acquired this program, we knew there were two things we needed to do in order to take this to the next level, meaning that to uh, provide uh, material for a large clinical trial and ultimately get FDA approval and start commercializing this product. So we knew that we needed to improve the manufacturing process for making these cells because it was based on a rather old process. And we knew that, you know, it, this process had irregularity in the sense that it was difficult to control uh, the cells from pluripotent state to the specialized state, if you will. 
And uh, oftentimes, you know, we had impurities in the final product. We need to discard batches of product. And also it was difficult to scale, you know, just uh, it was based on, on small scale, small batches uh, of product, which is not really consistent with, uh, you know, large scale clinical trial and certainly not with commercialization. So I'll tell you a little bit what we did for that. And finally, we knew also that, remember when I told you that we needed a, we needed, um, a creative engineering solution, we knew that the delivery system, the rig or the device that was required to position very accurately the cells in the spine uh, needed to be improved to make it more uh, user-friendly for the surgeon to manipulate this device more easily, as well as just the logistic of assembling this device at the, at, in the operating room um, and, then, and then managing this device as, uh, for, from the patient as well as from the, from, the, from the doctor's perspective. So I'll tell you a little bit about that. So quickly, we did three things to improve the process, right? Starting with the pluripotent stem cells, what we did is we generated new cell banks that were much more potent, much healthier, if you will. Uh, they could grow and, and replenish themselves you know, much better. Uh, secondly, we develop a uh, differentiation process. So the process from deriving from pluripotent to the specialized uh, stem cells is now much better tightly controlled. It's very easy for us to follow uh, where the cells are going and how, how efficiently they're transitioning from uh, non-specialized to specialized. So much better control with better uh, growth factors and in-process control. And at the end, we ended up with a much purer product that uh, hopefully will be much more reproducible and that we can actually scale to uh, commercial scale. And, and so uh, right now we've done all of these things successfully. We're in the process of now making these cells in, 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 in under GMP, that is, uh, to generate uh, material that we can actually put in patient in a clinical trial. You know, the way to do that is, is we need to talk to FDA. As, as, you, as you know, we're a regulated uh, industry. So we're talking to FDA about our plan and, and how we want to introduce this process into our next clinical, uh, into our next clinical trial. Similarly, for the delivery system, I've told you a little bit about some of the limitations of the initial uh, delivery device that we had. We tested new, uh, newer prototypes now that are much easier to use and much uh, easier to set up, uh, to sterilize and to distribute to the various sites. Uh, so we tested a few, we did some feasibility testing and, and likewise, uh, our process right now is we're trying to um, discuss with FDA about some of these changes and how we're going to introduce them to the next clinical stage so that we can do this safely and hopefully we can get um, uh, efficacy reading from our next trial. In conclusion, you know, from a development perspective, what we need to do now, we need to make clinical grade material under GMP uh, such that we can take this product and take it to the patient. We need to qualify the, a, a new delivery device. That is, we need to uh, prove that uh, it's compatible with our cells and the surgeon at the end can use this device uh, effectively. The process now is to work with FDA and have a conversation with them, explain to them what we want to do and get their buy-in. So we're hopeful that in the next few months, uh, we'll be able to move our a much better product as well as a much better uh, delivery system to really facilitate the overall experience from the surgeon perspective all the way down to the patient with a much more robust product that hopefully will uh, provide a, a functional benefit to the patient.